On this episode of The Flop House, we examine A Sound of Thunder, the movie that made Ray Bradbury prematurely roll over in his non-existent grave. has this to say about the plot of A Sound of Thunder. According to the film, the established rules of time travel are 1. Don't bring anything back, 2. Don't leave anything behind, and 3. Don't change anything in the past. These rules were established by a businessman who has recently developed a time machine. With it, he created a business which offers prehistoric safari trips to wealthy hunters. Travis Ryan has been trained to lead these safaris. On one of them, the guides are escorting two men along a path, and they are attacked by an allosaurus and the leader's gun fails so the Allosaurus does not die when it was scheduled to do so. Panicked by the attack, one of the explorers steps off the path. The guides exchange gun parts with another gun, kill the Allosaurus, and return to the time portal. Unseen to the explorers, a muddy footprint has been left off the path. On the next expedition, Ryan is taking two other hunters on the time safari, and states that they are about to witness a volcanic eruption, but the volcano is already in the process of erupting, and they are forced to return to the present. The time safari business calls on Sonia Rand, who invented the time travel machine, but she refuses to help anyone. Rand explains that since they altered something in the past, the future will proceed to change in a series of time waves. She says that the changes can't happen all at once, and they will proceed in order of evolution. First, everything will reset, then the vegetation will change, then wildlife, and finally humans. The business attempts to send Ryer back to fix the past, but a time wave hits and all the electricity goes out. Ryer and Rand must determine what caused the change before they can fix the past. They discover that a butterfly was stepped on during one trip into the past, and it critically altered the evolutionary chain. They managed to reach the university, but thanks to various evolutionized creatures and plants, only Ryer and Rand are still alive. Rand manages to send Ryer back 65 million and one years to dodge the time waves. Then he is sent forward one year to the point when the original explorers traveled into the past. In the present, the final time wave hits, and Rand is turned into a fish-like being. Meanwhile, Ryer tells the explorers about everything that will happen in the future. He stops the explorer from stepping off the path and killing the butterfly, and the future is saved. Back in the present, Ryer is shown the video of the alternate Ryer who saved the future. He requests that they shut down the time portal to stop such an occurrence from ever happening again. And now we join the others in the Flophouse. Hello everyone, welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Every time. It's every time. Simon Fisher. And Stuart Wellington. I think to start off, what do you think of this film's view of time travel? Well, first of all, the movie was about time travel. You noticed that too. I did notice that. Um, that's what we call subtext. Let's I would think I think that's text. <laughs> it could be a subtext. Uh, text. I'm trying to compare it to other uh, time travel movies, and it's not holding up very well, Dan. Yeah, well, their 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 conception of time travel is something gets changed in the past. And to be fair, this is like based on the classic Ray Bradbury story that brought us the idea of the butterfly effect and the fact that you know changing the past drastically changes the future. Something changes in the past, and these time waves emanate from the past, and everything stays the same until one of these waves hits the and you, future. And, and you have full memory of what preceded the wave, 
mm-hmm. and you remain fully conscious of everything that's ever happened. Yeah. Until such a time as you, I don't know, cease existing or whatever. And this reminds me of a, a, a much better movie. I think we can all <laughs> the agree. The butterfly effect. Yes, <laughs> the butterfly effect. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I was actually listening to the commentary track to Back to the Future recently. Oh, yeah, was it? <laughs> pretty good. Okay. And uh, they're talking about how the fact that it literally doesn't it doesn't make any sense the idea that Marty's brother and sister would slowly disappear that's true. No, that's a from point. that photograph. Why doesn't the photograph just disappear immediately? Right, because they never would have said it was In the context of that movie, it works. In the context of this movie, nothing makes sense at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something crazy, and you guys are welcome to disagree with me if you want. At this point, I don't think anyone should be making time travel movies anymore. <laughs> that seems like a bold statement. No, 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 no. listen. Like, there, you're, you're going to watch any time travel movie, and you're going to be like, I've never time traveled before, but I'm pretty sure this movie's bullshit. <laughs> I don't know how you can make a time travel movie and be like, they hit the nail on the head right there. That's pretty much how time travel might actually be. What I don't understand is why they... Apparent only people using time travel in the entire world use it so that people can go back in time and shoot <laughs> dinosaurs. Well, that's that's human nature, Stuart. Desire all people care dinosaurs. about. All people care about is is blood sports, and <laughs> that specific blood sport in this case is shooting an allosaurus <laughs> with a ice bullet. Yes, by with the an way. ice bullet. Because mm-hmm. you can't leave anything behind in the past, or else you might change the future. Which is why it's so important that you use a gun that shoots a bullet made of ice so that there will be no bullet left behind. Into a dinosaur that was <laughs> about to fall into a tar pit. I guess I don't... They somehow found out, they're like, okay, we've been taking snapshots of the past. We discovered there's this certain stupid allosaurus that stumbles into some tar and dies. What if we send people back moments before it dies and shoot it with ice bullets. Well, I mean, it's it's as if people from the future came back to our time and, like, <laughs> to, to shoot people in the electric chair before <laughs> they got all executed. <laughs> like, it turns out that um, in 15 minutes, Simon gets run over by a subway train. Let's shoot him with ice bolts or with bullets that make an impact and exit wound that look exactly like a subway train. Let's do that right well, before he falls. They use they the ice bullets because of the prehistoric exactly. uh, CSI shit that they would be doing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Dinosaur sure. forensic investigators would be like, wait a minute. I think you were witness to the fact that I had trouble with this while we were watching the movie. <laughs> Once they change the past, thus changing the future. They can't go back into the past. That was another weird part. To simply change the past back. They can't, like, like Edward Burns immediately, he's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to catch myself in the past and tell myself not to do that thing. Like, which is pretty much the logical sure. explanation. But for some reason, once they've changed the past, they can't go back to the past. Well, that part was really weird. However, that, I mean, that illustrates my point with the reason why you can't, like, you can't really make, I mean, let's for a minute just be dorks about it, all right? And talk about time travel. If that's what had happened, wouldn't that be what had happened the first time through? No, because then you don't have a movie. Because it's got to be a linear story that progresses from one point to another. Because otherwise, that would have happened. He would have been there the first time, and it never would have happened. Well, you're talking That's about why you shouldn't make movies about time travel. What you're talking about, Simon, is like a quantum movie, which all takes place <laughs> in an instant. No, no, and I'm every sure. possible story that could be told is told in that instant. Yes, there you go. I'm a, I believe the perfect... in a quantum view of the universe. Ergo, this time travel movie didn't work for me. Yeah. Don't they just keep <laughs> killing the same dinosaur? Yes, they, yeah. yes they do. So why don't they see like all those other jerks that kill that dinosaur and they go back to kill it? That's a good point. 
I don't know why that is okay for you, but <laughs> my point was too quantum. Well, I mean, even <laughs> on the dumb level that this movie was pitched at, Stuart's point makes sense. Like, shouldn't they all be converging on themselves on the same all point the time? Every time? No. It's like, oh, hey, there's Edward Burns number seven and eight. How you guys doing? Oh, we're here to kill that Allosaurus too. Okay, let's all line up. Everybody line, everybody line up your shot. Wait for it. Let's not step over each other's dicks here. Wait for it. Okay, everybody, shoot out everybody. Shoot the shit out of that Allosaurus. Man, that was awesome. Good battle. Now we all have to remember to return, like, I don't know, let's say, a week apart from each other. Otherwise, it'd get really crowded. Our party would get <laughs> kind of weird. Now, here's a question. Do you think that multiple Edward Burns would be more exciting than one singular yes, Edward Burns? I do Burns? think that. I very much think that. I actually don't think that works. Because okay, any time, like, multiplying zero times four, for instance. You still get zero. <laughs> okay. So... I would have gone with the more charitable route and said that that would be like trying to eat a million steaks. <laughs> Even though the steak is delicious, it would be like, oh god, it's too many steaks. You know what? The steak's ruined now. I don't even want any more steak. Because I don't want to, like... I know that this whole podcast is predicated <laughs> on the idea that we're making fun of things. Yeah, it is. Sort of us being dicks. But I don't want to be too much of a dick about it, but it seems like Edward Burns is one of these actors that... They tried to sell us, mm -hmm. and we rejected. <laughs> Other than a supporting role in Saving Private Ryan, where I don't remember him irritating me, I don't think he that there's any sort of... a little. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember Saving Private Ryan at all. I would say that he's a charisma black hole. He's just sort of a, he's <laughs> he's sort a... Of a blank as a person. <laughs> he has uh, the Josh Hartnett factor. Well, yeah. It's that certain inexplicable factor, that factor of lacking a discernible personality, being very wooden... He's not quite Paul Walker. Okay. He doesn't. He doesn't. All all light shining into him doesn't vanish into a, like a hole of black. There's blackness. a certain amount of reflection that happens there. The light reflects a little bit. Uh, what we were talking about was Josh Hartnett in this movie. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think he was. I know. I know who was in this movie. It was Sir Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he wearing a wig? He was wearing a wig, Stu. That's Strange. He was no. wearing a bright white wig. And uh, that, I like that little strip, that little chin strip. Yes, he had a white soul patch as well to go mm -hmm. along with his bright white wig. Let's take a look. He also, I think the most important part of his wardrobe, though, for his character, was uh, the almost permanent shit-eating grin he had. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they put him in wigs in so many movies? I mean, I guess that they figure that <laughs> Um, a rich guy that successful wouldn't be bald? I figure that I think that they think that if we see Ben Kingsley bald, all we can think is Gandhi. Got it. Well, he's been bald in a lot of other movies, too. Yeah. He was bald in, uh... House of Sand and Fog, um... Uh, uh, Sexy Beast. Sexy, Sexy Beast. He's been bald in a lot of movies. Yeah. Better movies than this one. For him, yes, arguably. And he pointed out something really interesting when we first started watching this movie. This movie was released in 2005. Mm -hmm. I find that very, very unlikely. I think that this movie actually stayed on the shelf for a little while. I find I, that hard to believe. <laughs> I'm going to check that on uh, the internet. Because watching this Perhaps movie, heard here's, here's the impression that I got. I got the impression of a movie that was made in maybe 1995. Whether or not it sat on the shelf for any amount of time, I think is neither here nor there. But when it was released, it was released direct-to-video. Okay, here. Yeah, A Sound of Thunder... 2005 film directed by Peter Himes, originally planned for a 2002 release. However, flooding in Prague and other financial difficulties, including the bankruptcy of the original production company during post-production. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was supposed to come out in 2002, uh, delayed for three years. 
So wait, wait, the, the, the production company that greenlit this movie ran into financial troubles. Find that very unimplausible. It's, 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 it's not very dead. implausible. It's not apparent from the quality of the movie. Not at all. Yeah, well, I think that we can't talk about A Sound of Thunder without talking about the special effects. Yes. So, let's <laughs> uh, discuss. I'm trying to think of a good... I'm, I'm try, This whole time I've been trying to think of like a touchstone. Like, what other movie had special effects that, like, shitty? That's so, like, oh, look at that really crappy CGI. And well, I, I can't think, come up with a good I one. I think you have to go to, like, an original sci-fi channel... Movie like it has to be like Mansquito or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would that. say yeah, it's the Ewok movie quality. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I made this comment as we were watching the movie. Battle for Endor. Battle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's literally no effect in this movie that could not have been done practically that they didn't do doing CGI. The, yeah, like any t- little little things. Yeah, there were. There's a scene in a flooded uh, subway car where there are drips of water coming from the ceiling, and they could have easily. Had actual water <laughs> dripping from an actual no, subway car. It's too set. hard to do. No. I think the idea there being that they would have had to have paid for an actual subway car. Like, shit, we gotta find a scrap <laughs> subway car somewhere. Let's CGI ourselves up a wrecked subway it's car. It's gotta cost a little change to, like, <laughs> render drips of water. Like, uh, okay, this, this subway car's flooded. Can you do some sort of computer water? <laughs> In a computer tunnel starring computer actors. Edward Burns may have been a CGI effect of some kind. <laughs> I Possibly. thought that the same the entire time. It's like George Lucas's hair. It doesn't actually exist. You're set. Wait, this is a. I, I don't care about a sound of thunder. Right? This is a controversial statement about George Lucas's hair. I've been a firm believer that for some time that George Lucas's hair and potentially one of his children is completely CGI. Well, here's something that I've wanted to say about George Lucas for some time. Have you noticed that as he's grown older, George Lucas looks more and more like an Ewok himself? <laughs> That's like a tremendously astute point, Dan. He looks like Wicked or something. He, well, not Chief Chirpa. Wicked or Medicine Man, that, as he was called. Yeah. I don't think he's that. Uh, I don't think he's that lovable. Teeny. Yeah, an excellent point. Do we think that CGI is doing that, or time <laughs> is doing that? I think that time makes Ewoks of us all. <laughs> nice. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's gonna be on your, on your tombstone. Yeah. Right? Time makes Ewoks of us all. So there were a lot of crazy monsters in this film. There sure were, Dan. What kind of <laughs> monsters were there, Stu? What was your favorite monster? My favorite monster, I know this is not going to be a popular choice, but my favorite monster was when a time wave hit uh, hit him at some point. I don't really remember. It was near the end. But uh, but when the lady turned out turned into a fish monster. I mean, I think that's another that's another really good point to bring up. This movie, um, now again, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Sure. I said it before, and you know what? I'll be the first to admit I... Have a minimal science background. You have no sp- specialization in time travel. No, not at all. Um, but this movie plays it real loose and easy with my understanding of evolution. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you change time, one of the interesting things that happens is monkeys and dinosaurs somehow combine into one another. Yeah. Do dinosaurs evolve into monkeys? Reptiles monkeys evolve into reptiles. And they mammals. Combine? I don't know. I can't answer these questions. They're beyond <laughs> me not being a scientist. If you squish a butterfly in the past, reptiles and mammals will mate. Yes, they will. Into a supreme reptile <laughs> mammal. A giant kind of baboon that has scales. First time wave brings on a bunch of beetles. Yes, yes. That's remember, remember all the beetles. Remember the good laugh we had about that. We did have a good laugh. <laughs> there was this part where they're when they're first sitting in the apartment of a really bitchy, unlikable scientist character. One of our three female leads. Yes. They there was a first time wave hit, and they were all ah. It was, it was the first time it had ever happened, and they hear a scream, 
They open the door, and there are literally a million beetles out in the hallway. I want to backtrack and point out that um, uh, Edward Burns sneaks his way into this woman's apartment <laughs> by way of pretending to be a fertilizer delivery man. Yes, he does. She will not let him in. She's not letting anyone into her apartment. But this fertilizer delivery man comes by, and I guess he bribes that fertilizer <laughs> delivery man. And he's like, hey, let me take that jacket and that bag of fertilizer, and I can get into this apartment. I like to uh, imagine a lot, a lot of cartoons and other movies... If we looked at some of the deleted scenes, there would be a scene where he, like, reaches out of a supply closet, grabs a fertilizer supply man, pulls him in, a bunch of comic punch sounds. Next thing you know, he walks out whistling nonchalantly with a big manure bag. Well, I mean, that's the only believable solution, because, I mean, if there's one thing I know about manure delivery men is that... They're pretty much unable to bribe. I mean, they're they, un unbribable. They're unbribable. I mean, the unbribable they, with, with their, you know, their paycheck and that oath and lack of uh, well, trading their hats. To <laughs> if there's one thing I know about women too, it's that they will not open their door to me, but they will open their door to fertilizer delivery men. That's fair. But after the Beatles, uh, after the Beatles came the Rolling Stones, gents. Oh, it's a play on words. Now, after the Beatles came a horrible baboon dinosaur this hybrid. Was, this was a much later time wave. A later time wave revealed the fact that dinosaurs or monkeys or monkeys and dinosaurs evolved together or they gained the ability to do it with each other. After the because of evolution, I think it's important that we stress that. Let's not, you can't put too fine a point on this. Because a butterfly got killed, evolution made this new species. Well, logically, if a butterfly <laughs> gets killed in the past, yes. mm -hmm. uh, you get baboon dinosaurs. Sure. Yes. After the first time, tsunami. <laughs> and then so, after the next one, what happens next? you get giant bats. Yes, bats. They're just regular big. bats, but they're giant. But they're really big. But then after the next one... Wildly carnivorous as well. Uh, you get baboon bats. Because <laughs> in evolution, there's a shortage of animals. <laughs> there are literally three animals. <laughs> there are only a few animals, mm -hmm. and they just get combined in different ways. So first come the baboon dinosaurs, then the giant bats... Then the giant baboon bats. Yes. And then, and then, as Stu brought up, the final monster is when the human lady, she's the last one left behind, there's a shot of her, a time wave goes past, and then she looks like a fish and has the nictitating membrane, like the sideways going eyelids, and it totally blew my mind. Because that's, crazy. I mean, really, I think at the end of the day, humans were like one step away from becoming a fish monster. Yes, that's true. Um, if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm a mid-science background, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we share 99% of the same DNA with fish. That is huh. a fact. You can look that up. I'll I'll learn Wikipedia, something. presumably. Check out on Wikipedia right now. I'll I think you'll something. be surprised to discover that. Sure. Now, uh, I'd like to point out um, the character <laughs> that the monstrous bats uh, took away was the, the French scientist. Was and he French? Do we say that? I think so. Well, Maybe Canadian. Uh, hot wires a car for them, and they're like, whoa, what are you doing, dude? And he says... Uh, how do you think I paid my way through uh, medical school? We and, find out. Um, larceny. Yeah, and uh, you Grand know what? Well, that's such a common like thing to happen in movies, like where a totally normal guy's like, oh, obviously the way I paid my way through fucking <laughs> law school was by being a male stripper that also robbed banks. <laughs> like, gave that kind of like eyebrow raise, so the audience is like, oh, oh my god, that dude's a lot cooler than I thought. <laughs> yeah, you thought you had a peg. You never knew. It just goes to show. Well, that's, that's character development. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Is this another example of good script writing? See, everyone has to have good and bad in them. Oh, okay. And sometimes mm -hmm. the bad help in the good. <laughs> okay. That's, 
That's dramatic irony. That is dramatic irony. That's true. And what you also want to do is you want to present it in as you want to you want to bludgeon the viewer with. Yeah. Film is a blunt instrument. Oh my God, is you it? Should, is it blunt? Directors should strive to take the celluloid, wrap it around the audience's <laughs> neck, and squeeze. <laughs> like, look, look at that fucking movie. <laughs> oh, time travel. You know what? If I had the opportunity, I'd never do it. It's too dangerous. I don't want to play with fire like that. Now, I'd like to point out who chose this movie. I did. Okay, so I'd just like to point out that Dan is a total dick for making the <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm the one who picked memory. Sure, it's that's true. my fault. Okay, my bad. I knew it was going to be bad, but this was really bad, Dan. Yeah, well, no. I, mean, I, I just hope by the end of this... That is sort kind of the of a, point of the whole yeah, endeavor. Yeah, but I think you have. To, I think you kind of owe us all apology. So you kind of need to work on that before the end of this whole thing. All right, I'll, a formal apology to I'll us a and about it. possibly to the world, like on behalf of this movie. Right, okay. <laughs> well, he's accountable for the movie. Well, just why not? <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with the production of. I don't know if you understand really, the concept I, of this. There's no proof of that actually. So <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Where did this movie come from? What was the what was the form of media that brought us this movie? Uh, I think I DVR'd this off of cable. Off of cable. What kind of, what cable network? I think, th I think this might have been a Cinemax. Okay, now movie. Cinemax, Cinemax isn't gonna, they're not gonna format their movies or edit it for time, are they? No. This movie at the beginning said that it was, it had, a, it had an N, or a BN, or however they abbreviate it, for, for a brief nudity. Stu, do you remember there being any brief nudity? I remember how my spirits kind of lifted when I saw the BN. It made me, it reminded me of when I was a child. Of roughly 12 years old, mm -hmm. and I would see that BN that at 2 in the morning, and I'd be like, I'm going to watch this entire movie, Gods Be Damned. And you no. know what? I watched this entire movie. Maybe it was those weird dinosaur <laughs> monkey monsters that account for it. The movie was really boring. Maybe you fell asleep during it. Dan, did you remember any brief nudity? No. There okay. was no long nudity, there was no brief nudity. <laughs> there was no brief nudity. It was the closest that form of nudity was that one girl's shoulders yes. at the very beginning. I don't think that counts as neutered. Wait. The one girl, like, why well, don't think we should uh, pass this without comment? There's a woman early in the film, as far as I'm able to discern, the point is just that Edward Burns sleeps with her, and then she disappears from the film entirely. Yes. Well, it's, it's again, I think, I think this is one of those moments of good screenwriting you were talking about. This shows that, that Edward Burns is desirable as a man. Right. He is an attractive man to women. Even though he's a scientist, don't get the idea that he's a wimp, because he scores with chicks literally all the time. Well, this is basically the screenwriter saying, yes, we got Edward Burns to play this part, but he is, in fact, the hero of this movie. Yeah, and you know he's the hero because heroes get laid. Yeah. You wouldn't know without it. <laughs> right. Otherwise, <laughs> I think he this was a boring kind of... dude. <laughs> <laughs> this boring guy. Is he the bad guy? Why is he trying to destroy time? What a jerk. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, if that girl wants to do it with him, he's the hero. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most desolatory, like, yeah, man, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Now, I just want to point out, it, does, it did suggest brief nudity, and I think that's a, um, like, disturbing, uh, like, trend in movies, specifically on, like, Cinemax and stuff, where they'll be like, you know, this is rated R because of BN, you know, brief nudity. Sure. And I think more often than not, they err on the side of caution uh, for movies that 
aren't even close to don't even have close to nudity. Sure. Whereas it's very very rare for them to say, oh, this movie has brief nudity when in fact it's like actually there's tons of nudity. Right. Like there's rarely. Oh, I mistake, see. The idea know? being that like you don't want to be that weirdo that undershoots it. Like yeah, I think there's a little bit of nudity in it, and have everyone be shocked. Like dude, that movie was filled with nudity. You come that as brief nudity? What are you, a monster? Like, so, well, brief is, is less than a third of the movie. I mean, <laughs> right. well, like, I don't know, in my life, I don't see nudity, like, every day, all day long. Now, Dan, would you classify this as, say, a regular style movie or a disaster movie? That's a great point. I was thinking about this movie as we were watching it. Remember, what was There's it no bad guys, the thing. <laughs> right. yeah, there's there's no, no bad guy in this account. I don't know. The time? <laughs> time guess, is sort of a dick no, in guess, that movie. I guess Ben Kingsley is sort of the bad guy in that he decided that the best application for time travel would be these weird safari shooting parties. Yeah. However, like, the woman that we're supposed to sympathize with who invented time travel, who's so angry at Ben Kingsley sure, she for sending him. people she back him. in time because he might change the future, what was she going to use time travel for that was less dangerous? Right. Less possibly destructive. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if she went back imagine. in time... She is just as likely to fucking step, step on, on a, butterfly. a goddamn butterfly. Of course, mm-hmm. I don't know. If I, if I could, if I actually owned a company that had the exclusive ability to send people back in time, I would probably set it up so that people could go back in time to like, like hunt people back in back in the past. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, mm-hmm. most, the most dangerous time <laughs> travel safari. Yeah, exactly. Hunting the most dangerous prey. Danes. Yep. Hunting Danish people invading England. A shitload of ninjas. How much better would this movie have been if they went back in the past to engage in, like, Viking, like, raiding parties? And then someone accidentally, like, I don't know, kills the king of the Vikings. And then as a result, there are dinosaurs can shoot lasers out of their eyes. How much better would this have been as a movie? That sounds like an awesome movie. (laughs) See? What if, like, the dinosaurs were super evolved and could talk and were like, Yes, mm, you totally screwed up the future, and we're not going to let you change it, losers. Yeah, because well, that would be the best part. The dinosaurs would also know what had happened with the time travel. So you want to... They've evolved to the point when they obviously understand what happened. So well, you super wanted to brainiacs. be like that movie where there's a uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex who is Whoopi Goldberg's partner, and they're both cops. Wait a yeah. minute, what movie and is that... that? Is that a real movie? There is a movie. Son of a bitch! What that, movie is this? That Tyrannosaurus Rex wears. Hold on. You know, Converse All Stars with the toes. Is that movie called Detective Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> it's called De- Detective Saurus Rex, actually. Holy shit, that's way better. It's, yeah, it's called Magnum P. Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, is it for real? Oh my god, is that the original title? No, wait, hold on. I'm getting it. It's called. Constable Rex. Theodore Rex, <laughs> a.k.a. T-Rex. That is amazing. <laughs> now, tagline, the world's toughest cop is getting a brand new partner. He's a real blast from the past. Sure, because he's a dinosaur. He comes from the past. That's the that's the pun. Hey, instead of talking about um, the Days of Thunder, let's talk about this movie. Now, I haven't seen this movie, but I'm pretty sure it's really good. I have a question. How does a uh, how does a dinosaur become a police officer, Simon? <laughs> well, I, I think I think I think I think Dan was suggesting that much like in your scenario, the dinosaur is super intelligent. Okay, he's easily qualified to pass any kind of detective's test. <laughs> sure. Now he becomes he, a detective. Well, first he'd have to join the police force. Well, you sure? He would now, join the police force. Now, do you think force. his um, his like weird atrophied limbs? Do you think those would hinder his ability to become? No, no, I don't think that. 
Okay, why do you not think that? What do you think the average caliber bullet could stop a Tyrannosaurus could, Rex? Could pierce its hide? Yes. Probably not. Man. Okay, so he wouldn't need to worry about getting into a shootout. In most cases, he could just run up to a criminal and be a Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> and he would be so afraid that he would easily arrest okay. him. Okay. Yeah. Now, is this Tyrannosaurus Rex roughly human height? Or? No, I think he's nor is he normal size? No, he's hum he's roughly human height. He's well, that's a little bit weird then. I don't think he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Does he get shrunk also? Maybe he's a yes. maybe he's a child. <laughs> See, I imagine <laughs> he's a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> I imagine he gets into the force because he comes from a family of police officers. Oh, sure, yeah. And a dynasty. Right. So we, I think we call it a dynasty. A dynasty? Yes. Oh, shit. Dynasty. I'd like to take this moment to point out that uh, Jonathan R. Butel, the uh, director of Theodore Rex, the thing he made right before that, it was uh, two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares he directed. Weird. And I think, if you, I think, Dan, if you scroll down, you'll be surprised to see he co-wrote the script of the movie we watched this evening. <laughs> what? Mm -hmm. Yep. He's a huge dinosaur enthusiast. <laughs> he likes imagining different types of dinosaurs. Well, I think that the fact that we're more interested in discussing <laughs> in whatever random fucking movies we can imagine <laughs> that we like, movie. hey, here's a weird movie I saw one time when I was a kid. Let's talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> the fact that we're more interested in a movie that we did not watch this evening points to where this may be headed. <laughs> well, it signifies. But uh, I think that it's the time in the program where we need to talk about our final judgments. For, for what it's worth, I want to point out that I'm fucking Nostradamus because I remember turning you dur during this movie and being like, I don't think we're going to be able to fill a half hour talking about this movie. We'll be sidetracked. I know it. Well, I, I like dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait, we're to bring us back. Steel High Five. This podcast is designed to um, be able to easily accommodate digressions. Sure, that's true. It's known as the magic of editing. Breaks. Most of this will be edited. No one will ever hear this. All right. The, the, the official Flophouse categories yet again. Yes. Is this a movie that we did not like at all? Mm -hmm. uh, a movie that you might recommend to someone as a bad film? Or a movie that you secretly sort of liked? I would rate this movie as a movie that is, um, you know what? It's not worth saying. I don't even have a joke. I don't even have the energy to make a joke out of that. This movie yeah. sucked all the joy out of me. You know, if, um, if the movie had actually carried through on the brief nudity, and maybe one of the uh, hyper-evolved dinosaur monkeys had, like, talked and stuff. I might have said that it was a, worth, a movie worth uh, recommending to somebody, but because it didn't have either of those two things, uh, I would not recommend it to anybody, and in fact, I kind of want to die. Well, I think, I think you bring up an excellent point with this movie. I think one of the weirdest phenomenons in movies is that yeah, you have to think that most people, they work on a project and they're like, oh, this is just kind of fun, stupid little idea I have. I don't understand why they want to hold themselves back. And like, well, I mean, I know it's not the best movie ever, but let's kind of, let's, let's take it seriously. Instead of being like, you know what, fuck it, let's have one of the dinosaurs talk at the end. What if the dinosaurs could also breathe fire? Wouldn't that be weird? Let's have that be in the movie. What if the dinosaurs drove cars that were shaped like people? That'd be weird, too. Like, no one ever is just like, you know what, this movie sucks, fuck it, I'm gonna have some fun with this. Yeah. If this movie had at least been fun, I would have been like, yeah, great, awesome. Well, I mean, you asked me while we were watching it, uh, Simon, what lesson <laughs> one is supposed to take away from this film, and all I could say was, if you go back in time, don't step on anything. <laughs> and, I, and I've learned my lesson, I'll never Which do. is too dangerous. Really applicable to uh, our day-to-day -day lives. Sure. I'm going to jump on the bag wagon, too, and say, like, it hurts me to say this because this movie does have some crazy-ass special effects. Mm -hmm. It has giant bats. It has it has bat monkeys. It, it has, has dinosaur King's monkeys. Lee. 
It has Sir Ben Kingsley. Really underutilized. In a fright wig. Uh, <laughs> he bought it at a Spencer's gift. <laughs> but I would not recommend this movie to, to be watched at all. Yeah, I don't... You know what's weird? Ben Kingsley was in this movie. He was in this movie. He was in Blood Rain. He was in Gandhi and House of Satan Fall. <laughs> he was in this movie and Blood Rain. That's fucking weird. <laughs> like, what a weird-ass dude. Like, you know what? It makes me kind of respect him a lot more. You know, the, the, he's like, you know what? I'm in movies. That's what I do. So when a movie comes along, I am in it. That is my job. <laughs> similar to the idea of I'm a plumber. What Even, I do is I fix plumbing. If there's plumbing that needs to be fixed, I go and I fix it. I am in movies. That is what I do. Even movies I am not offered, <laughs> I will appear in them. <laughs> I'll appear under the pseudonym, uh, the nom de gore, uh, F. Marie Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> so to sum up, uh, Sound of Thunder, everyone. Sound of Thunder. Uh, yeah, really bad. So, so, to prove, as we do, that we are not entirely sad bastards who hate the world and everything in it. I like stuff. This is the part of the show where we recommend things that we actually enjoyed. Uh, Dan, why don't you start us off? I'll start, uh, I'm glad that I started, because I, I was actually thinking during this last week, what the heck am I going to recommend? Because sure. I hadn't seen movies that I really liked recently. But I did catch Flushed Away, the computer Man, animated... That's right, that's one about the guy who gets flushed down the toilet. Hugh yeah. Jackman. Yes. <laughs> that's the movie where Hugh Jackman gets flushed down the toilet. No, I remember that. It's called Ghoulies, eh? <laughs> You're thinking of Ghoulies. And yes, that is a good movie. Dan, you're right. You win tonight's podcast. <laughs> it's an Aardman animations movie. You know, the people who do uh, Wallace and Gromit, and uh, and it's like their, their computer-generated animated movie. And I saw the trailers for this, I'm like, I don't want to see this movie. This is about toilets and the, <laughs> and the sewer. Like you, you son of a bitch, that's what you took from those trailers? You're like, I don't like movies about toilets? Fuck this. No, it, just lo- it looked like, it was like, hmm, how can we make a cartoon that's completely scatological humor? Well, okay, that's fair. It's like, a it's a movie about, like, in a kingdom of mice, they ride around on turd rats <laughs> because they live in the toilet. But I liked it. Okay, so you it's did see much that it was better. Good. Were there an inordinate number of turd jokes? It was a little more crass okay. than your average, uh, like like Wallace and Gromit or uh, well, or it was run. after all based on toilets in the sewer. I thought Wash it was. Away. I thought it was really good. Yeah, you got it. You got it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Stewart, I think Simon's nice. Oh, oh Christ on his cross. Um, you know what? I have. A, I have. A, I'm having very much a similar crisis right now. I have no idea what to recommend. Um, saw a couple movies the other day. Um, saw Knocked Up again. And that was really good, but I've already seen that, and it doesn't really count, because I've already seen it, and I already knew it was good, and I watched it specifically because I knew it was good. Hey, what did you watch with that girl the other night? Uh, uh, well, that's The Burbs, and that, again, I don't think... Alright, all right, I recommend The Burbs. You know what? I rewatched The Burbs, and The Burbs is a really good movie. You know, I'm going to back and, it up with that. I, I like that... to think that The Burbs got your leg. Mm-hmm. That movie was really good, because I thought... I didn't know that was Joe Dante. I the love The same Joe guy Dante. who brought us Gremlins. Those are two really good movies. I really like The Burbs and The Gremlins. We should review those movies. Man, those I are like, fun, good movies to watch. I like Not Joe like Dante. this piece of shit movie we watched. I mean, like, I like The Burbs, I like Gremlins, I like Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is good, too. I like uh, Matinee. That's it. I like I've the, never, I'm not familiar I like with that movie. I like The Howling. The Howling? Okay. Joe Dante So, uh, let's see. Recommending. I think this is not necessarily going to be really popular. 
can say, but I'm really excited about going to see Eastern Promises, the new David Cronenberg movie. Okay, again, again, <laughs> Stuart, you don't, you misunderstand. Oh God damn it! Second, <laughs> oh, you have not yet seen this film, so I don't know that you can recommend. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> what you're doing is you're recommending your own anticipation <laughs> about seeing. So if you're Stuart, you might enjoy <laughs> thinking about seeing Eastern Promises. You're surely looking forward to that. So wait, a movie I have actually Yo, recently that you would recommend to people. I just bought uh, Death Proof. I got to watch the extended version of Death Proof. Uh, the that was Tarantino, good. And that was really good. I sure. really enjoyed it. It took, you know, it wasn't until the second or third viewing that I really enjoyed it, but totally worth it. All right. And actually, I did it. I did it, guys. I, I did it. We'll throw your party after the podcast <laughs> is finished. Yay! You can drink the one remaining beer. Mm-hmm, that's the prize. So, I guess... Here we are. Hmm, wow. Uh, it's always hard to say goodbye at the end of the... Especially when it ends with a whimper and not with a bang. No, well, <laughs> thematically, that I think that's in keeping with the sound of thunder. That's Art imitates life, man. And my sadness at having to say uh, goodbye to you, the audience, and to you, Simon Stewart. I gotta go back to where I live and sleep. <laughs> this is the most boring one ever. Jesus Christ! Wait, hold on. Oh Christ! Let's pick up the pace. Okay. Hey, man! Holy shit! What a weird ass movie. Peace out, nerds. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> let's uh, say goodbye to you for bumper. another couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, Take a couple weeks off and really reflect on this. Simon, uh, I believe that I asked you. Oh God, that's to right. Think about the movie that we might watch next time. While Simon's thinking about that, Dan, you should come up with a really good apology. I haven't forgotten that. Oh, sorry. To all of you who are Simon and Stuart. And? And to America. Yes. I would like to apologize personally for Sound of Thunder. That it exists at all. That it exists at all. Mm -hmm. That I did not invent some sort of time machine. And went back in time. Convince uh, Peter Himes, director of uh, End of Days, not to make this film. If I had uh, any sort of uh, temporal device, rest assured that episode three of The Flop House would have been us watching Theodore Rex. <laughs> nice. So if I had a time machine, I'd go back and steal a dinosaur. <laughs> and you know what I would do? I would ride that dinosaur around. I'd go take it to work. It would be my pet. I would go to the park with it. I thought you were going to say, if I had a time machine... I would go steal a diamond. <laughs> Why do you need a wait, time wait, 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 wait. Are, are we planning a dime heist? <laughs> Phase one, get a time machine. Okay, Phase two, it. go and steal all the world's diamonds. Phase two, go back in time and steal a piece of coal, which will become a diamond in the future. Wait, that's not how time machines work. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that's, I think that's too time-based. I like the idea that you use a time machine to steal all the diamonds in the world. Because and uh, have a monopoly on diamonds. Uh-huh. But the irony would be if you stole all the diamonds of the world in the past, then diamonds wouldn't be worth anything in the future. Because no one would ever know about the diamonds existed. You show them and they're like, what's that strange looking piece of glass? And I'd say it's not glass, it's a diamond. Alright, okay, so, rephrase. If I had a time machine, I would go back in time and steal half the world's diamonds. Ah, raising the price <laughs> of diamonds considerably. <laughs> I would be called Diamondsaurus Rex. Hey, Dan, I just got a great idea for a movie we should watch next time. No shit! It just came to me in real time. Oh my god. Uh, 23. Wait, what's that? that? That's the one... 23? The movie 23? Yes, the movie 23. The one with Jim Carrey in it. The number 23. Wait, what was it called? Oh, it was called The Number 23. Let's watch that. I believe that's a Joel Schumacher joint. 
Well, Joel Schumacher has literally always let me down, except for <laughs> one movie, so... Well, on that note of Remembrance of Lost Boys Pass, mm-hmm. let's uh, say goodbye for this episode of The Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Simon Fisher. Good night. <laughs> so long. That would have been a really good twist ending. And I'm Sarah Hampton, McCoy. Like there was a fourth person the whole time. <laughs> I think Sarah should record a bumper for us. Like you guys are listening to the fucking Flophouse, bitch. Yep. Like a really, well, a really sassy one with a lot of attitude. Yeah. Like, hey, you fucking puds, give us a bumper. Bad. Sure.